How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? Uh, I'm I'm still recovering. Oh. Dinner was two cans of beefaroni. Ooh. That's two cans. Yeah, and I'm call me two can Sam because <laughs> I want to die. <laughs> <laughs> that is. That is the most prominent feature of that character, as I recall, was the <laughs> abject hatred for all things life. And what was he? He was a he was a oh a toucan. No, no, no. He was he wanted to die. That's the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Count Chocula? A... No, that was a different story. <laughs> what was he? Oh, it's Fruit Loops. Fruit right? Loops. Yeah. Toucan. Toucan Sam is Fruit Loops. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I feel like I've definitely not been cognizant of cereal mascots yeah because it's like i'll have i have granola i have like some frustrated wheat like some Sweet. old person basic like it has sugar in it still but it's not like marketed towards kids and just like adults you know what this shit is you don't need to be yeah. encouraged by a caricature yeah i haven't really had cereal in a, a hot minute to be honest what is your breakfast then what's what's your go-to Usually have like um, protein bar or something, maybe like an energy bar, maybe a yogurt, a little little Chobani yogurt could be good. Oh, the Chobani flip. Oh, those are actually really good. I got them for a long time, and then I realized like the reason I loved them was because of like the copious amounts of sugar. They were just like, oh, like put all the chocolate or whatever in here mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. just stuff it in that. Um, I thought of a loop for something we've already, or a joke for something we've already passed, but Toucan Sam. Wish that he wasn't the spokesperson for Fruit Loops. He wished he was the spokesperson for Death Loop. That was the joke. So, well, we definitely can't tie into that. So, nah. Um, but yeah, the the flips are really good. Uh, just like they're like crack, basically. I assume haven't done crack. Well, but. I assume I'm making statements out of my depth here. I have also not done crack. I would like to make that statement for the record. Sure. Yeah, we got that down. But do you? Did you actually? <laughs> I'm taking notes. But like there's different flavors or styles of Chobani flip. And some yeah. of them are just mediocre as fuck. I'm looking some of them up now. I will say coconut with like, I don't know what the bits are, but it also just has like chocolate as part of the bits. I see almond coco loco. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, there's a lot of flavors. Holy you can give me lightly coconut plus almond anything. I'll be like, yeah. Dang. What about peanut butter cup? No, I'm just... <laughs> Ooh. Uh, this is the one I got, though. Key, key lime crumble. That's the other one I'd say is up there. It's really and the rest good. are not worth mentioning. Like, I got a mint one. Okay, okay. Again, it like, has some chocolate pieces. Just It kind of sucks. Like, it's not minty enough for what I want. Yeah, mint chocolate chip. I don't know what I was expecting. And then, like, <laughs> You're like it was mint and chocolate. What could it be? <laughs> My God. <laughs> Dragonberry? Huh? <laughs> the other one I got was like lemon meringue. Because yeah, I like, I mean, if I liked the key lime pie, surely I'd like lemon and meringue. No, it fucking sucks. Yeah. Hmm. Like, I'll still have it because it's like a 200 calorie thing, which is perfect for breakfast. But right. I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, they, they all look like desserts. I mean, a lot of them look like very much like desserts. The red velvet cupcake. Yeah, that's not. You're not going to tell me that's breakfast, right? <laughs> Perfect peach cobbler. Cookies for breakfast. S'more s'mores. <laughs> it's just s'more s'mores. That's it. Out of ideas, I guess. Man, I hope that person got paid an extra $10 bonus for coming up with that shit. Mm-hmm. And chewy churro. Ooh. One, apparently. Mm-hmm. I would try, but I wouldn't expect too much out of it. Yeah, churros aren't usually chewy, as far as I know. That I've had at least. They should be decadently sweet, crunchy. Yeah. The inside should be like soft and creamy. Hmm. And then yogurt should also not be chewy. So, like, what's the appeal for the the modifier being chewy on this churro? That's my question. What food would you want to have that is described as chewy? uh gum i mean yeah i don't know Gum's if it's not really a food but food. you do chew it a lot i'd say taffy i like taffy that's fair yeah, I, can, 
Yeah. It's, it's not like a, you'll, you'll eat it in three bites. And they're like, yeah. oh, well. Mm. Right. <laughs> I guess it's, oh, man, there's not that many great chewy foods. Uh, gummies, perhaps, sort of. It's vaguely chewy, chewy for a moment. All right. We're now hearkening back on some old food conversations. So I'm bringing up some very deep, deep thoughts and hard opinions on things that don't matter. But uh-huh. as far as gummies are concerned, give me something that I can eat in like a couple of bites and it won't stick to my teeth. Yeah. Fruit smiles. I love how you taste, but dear God, I need to go to the dentist after each bag. Like it just, <laughs> it gets up in there. Right. But like a Welch's fruit snack. Hello. Mm. Very Those nice. Good. Yeah. I am a fan of the, uh, like Karumba wax instead of gelatin, but the wax is teeth, teeth sticky. I just like the texture a bit more. Um, I don't know how many times we've had this conversation. I'm gonna. I feel like, like long term listeners are gonna be like, "Am I, am I the, the protagonist from Memento?" <laughs> People just keep talking about fruit snacks. <laughs> no, it's just I don't have a very uh, varied diet. <laughs> fruit Get snacks. Amazon order. Shomani <laughs> flips. There you go, man. If I was comfortable, oof, they're refrigerated. I don't know if I would get something from Amazon that I couldn't guarantee would get to the refrigerator and time that required any aspect of refrigeration. I don't think a lot of the stuff does, mm-hmm. but I think we were talking the other week. I got some candy from Wawa because I haven't had candy in forever. Yeah. And it was a sour patch gusher type thing. Okay. Yeah. Like it had something on the Juice inside, inside. from the outside. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I put those in the fridge, and that was delightful. Hmm. That would be pretty good. I, I I could see it. The other sweet thing we got recently was um, oh, as we're talking sweets, uh, we got Domino's, which is a type of pizza. It's fine. Sometimes you feel it as opposed to a classic Italian. If you want to go hard, basically you get a Domino's because there's a lot involved in that. Um, but the main reason to go Domino's is for for the uh, marbled cookie brownie um and those are i it's like a stick of butter in every single square of brownie it's (laughs) literally and the calorie count backs that theory up pretty directly yeah every time i've had dominoes it's with the concession of i will feel good while i eat it (laughs) and not a moment afterwards yeah it's a really nice uh, really nice dessert though it's like it's some of them there's no way that they made any healthy decisions in the recipe for the brownies whatsoever so i ordered just like two of them i'm just like we'll just have these around <laughs> you know for a while well yeah i don't think their target demographic is man i really want some dominoes but i just wish they had some healthier options for dessert <laughs> yeah brownies <laughs> perfect they are uh, one of those brownies has more calories than a slice of pizza. So, hmm, yeah, <laughs> yep. <laughs> they're they're a lot, um, but they're freaking delicious. And they they come hot, but honestly, don't even eat them hot. Like put them in the freezer, refrigerate them, and then eat them. Much better, cool. I think you know, and they're a little bit chewy. Exactly. It actually does help the the texture. Boom, we got it. What a perfect segue to death loop. <laughs> yeah. Did you watch Dave's, that video I sent? Dave's, Dave is dabbing. That's a uh, lie. They don't see the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I did watch the uh the trailer for Death Loop. Um and I've actually seen more trailers for Death Loop than I ever really would watch for a game. Well, you've been pretty hyped on the idea of the game. Like from the yeah. first teaser, you're like, I'm into this. And I was like, eh. But then as things kept coming out, you were still very much on board. Yeah, I think like I still get this weird feeling on some of these because these are not just trailers. It's like a gameplay showcase. Mm-hmm. They clearly have some, you know, editing or whatever, but they, it's gameplay itself. But they do things like they are clearly hiding the HUD, for instance, which at Linz, I love when people do that with shooters when they're demonstrating a shooter and they're like, and now we hide the HUD and like the game doesn't really have iron sights like a full first person shooter. So you can tell that like whoever's doing the demonstration with like the PlayStation controller or what have you is like, ah, oh, let's correct a little bit. Okay. The guy I'm shooting here, right? The guy's over there, turn and shoot the guy. I saw a moment of that 
in the gameplay demonstration. I was like, it's just because you're playing without a HUD, you nerd. <laughs> it's, um, but it is to show the game off. What if it doesn't have a HUD? That would be bad. <laughs> <laughs> then they should probably introduce iron, iron sights before they launch the game. Um, well, I think for some of the guns that they were showing off, it was an option to kind of look down sights. Or maybe that was yeah. specific to that weapon. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like the one section with the sniper rifle was down a scope. Yeah. And that's how Dishonored was. Because this game basically is Dishonored if they took all the mechanics and put it in a different setting. Yeah. Uh, it it just seems like a more interesting Dishonored. Mm-hmm. Like, I like Dishonored's lore. Uh, the gameplay was fine, but it felt very... I can just cheese everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use my superpowers to get around the guard who doesn't know which way is up. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're literally playing on like the hardest difficulty. Dishonored was difficult if you set the challenges for yourself. I'm going to sneak through and not be detected by anyone. I'm going to sneak through and kill everybody. That was much easier than not being detected by everyone, by anyone. New strat everywhere rats. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a pure pacifist and dishonored. Unless you're just doing speed run strats where like detection doesn't matter. <laughs> you just sprint past everything, which also works for the most part. Um, it's pretty pretty ridiculous. But yeah, Deathloop, Deathloop's looking good. And they keep introducing or adding more context. Like this trailer talks about, they talked about how you'd be able to keep weapons between loops. But this one specifies hey there's a resource you can find that basically allows you to like residium i think Mm -hmm. they called it from the word residual i guess um to like take your gear between loops if you if you like something that dropped which makes me think like at first i thought it was going to be kind of like doom where you just build an arsenal over time and it never really diminishes but this might be more of i found this weapon i like this weapon stay with me forever pour residium on it you know or maybe it could be like a i won't say a binding of isaac but because it has that roguelike element maybe mm-hmm. it's this will appear more frequently or it can be a part of like a starting box right mm-hmm. where you always have the option to take that with you yeah i'm not really sure on it and i'm also not sure on the like the last time we talked about it there was um we talked about how like a a player can be the person who's invading. Yes, the visionary that's trying to kill you, the one who's not bound in the same way to repeat the loop like everybody else seems to be. Um, and they haven't really addressed that PvP aspect again since it was brought up. So now I'm just like not sure. I don't know if I believe it. Like, is it actually gonna have a player? Yeah, I feel like well, they would emphasize it more. They mentioned it briefly, and that sound means that uh, Juliana has entered the world. And they said it could be AI-controlled or player. Okay. And then gotcha. she shows up at the end to like finish out the scene, because it goes back to a scripted part. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure if it's going to be... I'm going to wait in the lobby. I'm going to play Juliana in somebody else's game. Right. Let me queue in. Or... You found a... Uh a red or no, no not the red sign so the uh cracked eye orb yeah red red eye orb. red eye orb yeah um i guess cracked would determine whether it's reusable or not but yeah i don't know it's interesting I, the game still looks very promising um and i'm a big fan of dishonored's gameplay which is clearly very core to this i do like that the the jump the leap teleport ability it literally has the exact same visual cue as dishonored like it's straight ripped from dishonored it has the little puff of light where you're going or whatever it's um it's not even pretending to be anything else but they didn't need to really i mean it's the same studio right yes yeah arcane Mm -hmm. um it looks good and it makes me kind of it kind of makes me wish I like did pray moon crash a bit more because I really only gave that a once over, but like that was a similar type setup where it's just like, Hey, here's kind of a roguelike setting. Try to set up your run in such a way that you get everybody to escape this random setting. Um, but like, I guess 
the concept from game design is like condensing gameplay into a smaller space, but just making it more packed, I guess. I think that's really the common point between the two. Yeah, it definitely feels more like Dishonored never felt super linear. It always felt like you had options, mm-hmm. but for how this is laid out on an island where there's like different sectors and buildings, do I go through a building on floor one, two, three? Do I go around the alley? Yeah. Do I go above it? Um, and then it seems like you also have a lot of options at your disposal for I'm going to use a weapon. I'm going to use a power. I'm going to blink over here and do melee. Yeah. I'm going to hack the electronics. Mm-hmm. It has the full the full set of um, immersive sim style options of choosing your approach. And it does look like it's you sure you can't You sure you can't let me pass? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I like how they can literally spoil if you get to this place and you do this thing, then this enemy will die, this visionary will die. And it's still kind of like not even a full spoiler because you might reach that location. It's like a different time of day, right? You're like, okay, it's a completely different setup. Right. Thank Mark. Thank. Um, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm still excited for it. I think it's good. I might, I haven't really taken any time off this year. Um, so maybe I'll consider a little bit of mid September. I also have not, I should see how many days I have and just go on a bender of uh, doing what I normally do, but not logging in to check work emails. Hmm. There you go. That's the way to do yeah. it. <laughs> there's a there's a link in the background. You gotta lock your doors. <laughs> Just, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Deathloop. Deathloop looking good. Is there anything, anything else you've been playing recently or looking at recently? If we're t- if we're touching on playing recently, I have to throw out some complaints on stuff. Sure. Well, first, good thing out of the way. Like I've been replaying some Sekiro because I had complaints a, for Sekiro. That's well, that's a hot take. It's a brief aside, and I'm going to complaints. Um, <laughs> but I've played through Sekiro at least twice. This would be a third time, mm-hmm. and it feels so good to go back and burn through stuff because you know what the fuck you're doing. Right. I still die, mm-hmm. but I die a lot less, and I look much more like a cool ninja badass that's a game where like knowledge and mechanical skill like really make so absolute much of the difference like if you have mechanical skill for fights then it's a cakewalk compared to if you're just like slightly lower skill it becomes much much harder yeah so like a certain touchstone fight like the the monk Mm -hmm. the ghost monk only has one bar of health but you very much have to parry and chip them down and not get hit by the giant swings. Uh, first time I ever did it, 30 plus, maybe 40. Mm-hmm. This time, three. Yeah. On the third time, I'm like, we're done here. I need, yeah. to, I need to get through. Uh-huh. So it feels good to go back and do that. Um, That's good. But I also kind of strayed away from the path and I checked out another Souls-like called Hellpoint. Mm-hmm. this is something i saw on steam that looked kind of interesting but it it still kind of fell under that i'm getting janky unity type vibes with it mm-hmm. overall <laughs> i i can't recommend it to other people who like souls like games mm-hmm. i picked it up for 20 bucks i saw another friend playing it. I'm like that seems interesting enough right um i looked at the premise on steam and like the 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 box description you know basically seemed like it could be good it looked promising um until like certain parts in the trailer where like eh, the combat's a little loosey that's the my biggest gripe with it as far as like environmentally and how things are laid out it is pretty cool Mm -hmm. i like some things that they tried for but then other things just kind of feel shit yeah like a lot of my frustration with the game was after you defeat certain bosses, you can get something called a daring effigy, mm-hmm. which just makes the game harder. Right. You but are like, the G in the situation. Because the game's like, I'm going to effigy, and you are the oh. G. <laughs> my, my brain just fried. I'm like, Jake made a joke. Pick up on the joke. And I'm just like, it's not, it's not there for me. <laughs> um, but like, once you use it, 
the game's just statically harder. Mm-hmm. Everybody has more health and deals more damage. And it wasn't really obvious to me outside of like, oh, the, some of the ads I'm killing have more health. Right. But I thought it might just be the ads, like certain areas you can do that. But no, it's the bosses too. Gotcha. Um, and so it sucks getting one hit by a boss when you don't feel that their frame data or animations really track. Mm-hmm. So you're like, oh, let me time this dodge roll. Mm, sucks to suck. So it's it like- took me hours of grinding up health then looking up a strategy guide to find the opposite item to put the difficulty back to normal. Jeez. But by then, I just burned through everything in the game because it's not mechanically that challenging. Right. You just kind of made artificial difficulty by get hit once and die instead of, you know, more interesting encounters. So is it like is it like the, um, the bonfire aesthetic in Dark Souls 2 where it's like, hey, this area is now tougher because you you use no it's everything just everything i thought it was the area as well because again dark souls yeah (laughs) but then i was being one hit by a boss that i had never like faced before i'm like oh it just must be really hard Mm -hmm. so it was just some confusion around that what was the benefit to using the item uh you get more axions which is the the currency in the game (laughs) yeah yeah i will say it they do have jumps in the game so like they actually have some platforming sections, which right. it feels really fucking cool because in one of the hub areas, you can explore a fuck ton and find a bunch of cool hidden stuff if you can do some platforming things. And also the game has really cool ladders. As in like it's a a small LED line and you just kind of like put your hand up on it and you just kind of slide up it. It's the oh, coolest wow. animation. That's cool. Um, but outside of that, I can't really give the game much praise. <laughs> Ladders were my favorite part. Yeah, if that's if that's top in your list, then it's slim pickings. It sounds like some really cool ideas. It's just I think overall poor execution. Hmm. I don't want to rain on anybody's parade if they really want to check it out and they like that type of thing. By all bad means, games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you like <laughs> bad games, I'm not here to judge you. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Yeah, it's good. I, I, I will I, judge Jake when I, I I play a lot of bad games, but I felt that need to beat it at least uh-huh. in the same way that you do with like games you're maybe not 100 percent sold on. Yeah, but you're like mm-hmm. I spent the money. Let's just. It's not so bad that you're not enjoying it actively. It's just not something you want to do afterwards. No, I I feel that. I get that. There's definitely. I don't know if I talked about it. There was one time I played like Graveyard Keeper on mm-hmm. Steam, and it's one of the few games I've ever left a review for, let alone like a negative review. I put like 40 hours into it, and I was like, I played 40 hours. Don't play this game. <laughs> it's weird. It feels counter kind of intuitive, but past the point, you're like, sometimes you don't know what your final impression is going to be until you arrive there. You're just like, ah, here's kind of a hump. But then you complete the game, and you're like, the whole thing was a hump. Like yeah. why was yeah. the, why why was there no no verdant valleys of fun and enjoyment? <laughs> no, I did the I did the same thing. Around sixteen hours, I'm like, I'm fucking done. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna play anymore. I'm gonna leave a review. I'm actually gonna provide feedback for a thing that I experienced. Yeah. And then I went back and I beat it. And then Steam's like, hey, we saw you came back and played this after you left a review. Do you want to update your review? I'm like, you know what? That would actually be fair. So I updated, I explained my situation and why I was being frustrated. But then I said, hey, uh, while part of this was my fault, I still think these other things are shit. And I actually put as the last comment, ladders were my favorite part. (laughs) So that's kind of great. I mean, it's good to give actual feedback versus playing it for an hour and being like, "Uh, sucks. Yeah. Where you didn't really explore the mechanics or anything else about it that people spent time making and fleshing out. For sure. I think like I, I I do think sometimes if a game's really bad, you can give immediate feedback and drop it, right? Life is too short to spend playing bad games. Hot take. Um unless you're me. Then you your time is meaningless. Um just spend it however you will until the Reaper comes. But um I feel like, you know, that it becomes more obvious on steam when a bunch of people are like, okay, I played this for a very brief period of time and I refunded it or I gave a negative review or something like that. It's much more rare that it's 
this guy played 400 hours and he left a negative review of this $5 game. What's going on here? <laughs> right? Like, yeah. <laughs> did the game hold a gun to his head and like play me <laughs> or he'll, you know, kill your pet? No, I, I don't think so. Um, but it's sometimes, you know, moment of clarity or we think that it, it could improve and it never does. Um, there could be a pivot and you're like, all right, redeem yourself and redeem yourself and go. <laughs> yeah, no, I happens. think I think it's a little bit of what it is. It's the it's the promise of something better. Right. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to keep texting this person in the hopes that maybe they'll have an interest in me or like send me nudes, right? Mm-hmm. Right. But with We've this game, <laughs> I was like, "Game, please send me nudes." <laughs> right. But it was like the exploration. I wanted to see the different areas and what other secrets I could find. Right. Mhm. And I was like, maybe I could be a, a hit. And then it just, it was never what I wanted. Like they right. had this cool golden pyramid area with like some mage monks doing some cool okay. stuff. I like right. the aesthetic, but it just felt very boring overall. Yeah. And I don't I know what I was expecting right. to change or be different. I have played, and you mentioned that a little bit, where it's just like everything seems good here but it's kind of just like not fun. And I can't really always place why that is. You're like a lot of the components here could be fun, but the way that you put them together, I'm not having a good time. It's like fruitcake. I like fruit. I like cake. Right. But in certain arrangements, it just might not be interesting or enthralling for whatever reason. Yeah. That's fair. So pretty resounding. Um, endorsement for hell point it sounds like don't worry i got you a gift copy um <laughs> oh, oh okay <laughs> the, the other game i was briefly checking out because i had an old recommend i think it was on a wish list and it was pretty cheap is moonlighter yeah. mm-hmm. where moonlighter shtick is you are a guy in a town you own an item shop uh your item shop's failing so you have to go into the dungeon grind up some items and then sell them at the shop yeah. And based on the customer reviews, you know if you're selling something for way too cheap or if you're asking for way too much money. Right. Use that money to upgrade your shop, gear, et cetera, et cetera. Seems cute and simple enough, but I played like two hours and then I stopped because the combat in the dungeon sucks dick. Like it is very much up, right, left, down for mm-hmm. where you can attack. Enemies can come at you from an angle. That's already bad. Yeah. And then it doesn't feel good to block or roll out of a way of something. It feels like you're at the mercy of bad mechanics more so mm-hmm. than the enemy's attack patterns. Yeah, I uh, I think I beat this game. I have 14 hours on it, apparently. And I do remember that being bad, particularly in the early game, because there's different types of weapons you can get. Mm-hmm. But... Some of them are very much like, oh, you just hit me from a side. Rest in peace. <laughs> so, sorry. I do remember it being like particularly brutal in the early game too, until there was like more gear and things. But it was also, I don't know. Having played this game a little bit longer, I guess, and I'm going back because I played this last year. Okay. It was um, not a resounding recommend for me either. It was another game where it's like, I finished it and it's done. There wasn't like um, a, a peak where you're like, okay, I've done all this stuff. Now the gameplay is way better. It's unlocked all this, all this stuff. It's like the core gameplay stayed the same. If you didn't enjoy it in the early game, it's not really going to impact too much later after you've unlocked a bunch of stuff and gone to a different dungeon, right? Um, it's kind of like um, Reseteer almost. In a way, there's like this dungeon shop sort of genre that exists, and there's a few games in that. I will say I do like the shop aspect more than I thought I would. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like you just set down items, you're like, it's this much for this item. And people come in and they'll give like a very sad like, oh my god, it's way too much money. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they'll be like, gold in their eyes like i'll take it and you're like yeah, i need to right. up the price on that in the future yeah that's a, that's a mistake and the game tells you i think the last sell price you had yeah they do thank yeah. god because yeah. i would be terrible at tracking that because yeah. i'd play the next day and being like 
I'm going to sell this thousand gold item for 10. They're like, okay. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, 10 is a good price. Maybe I'll up it to 20. Yeah. And one thing I do remember is like when you finish a dungeon, you can get like rare books and stuff that's like very expensive. And I didn't realize at all how expensive they would be because I usually did this like having how having algorithm thing where yep. I'm like, all right, it costs binary search. fifty thousand, yeah, fifty thousand gold coins. And then the person's like, What? Like just like has a heart attack. I'm like, all right, drag the corpse out of the shop. Next person comes in and uh it's now twenty five thousand coins and then they're like the gold coins pop up above their eyes and it was actually like forty nine thousand. Like, uh, takes me a while to get down there but yeah it's it out. it's just kind of cool in a way because your progression is off of the currency that you make because that's mm-hmm. your resource to then funnel into i'm gonna have better gear yeah so you're really just kneecapping yourself because it's it's unknown mm-hmm like you could put it really high, like very incrementally, just drop it down until you find that thing. But then you're hampering your own gameplay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's just it's a cool extra layer on top of it mm-hmm. that I didn't think I would care for at all. But in practice, I'm like, I want to sell at good prices. I don't know what it was. Yeah. I think the one thing I did like of this over Reseteer is I don't believe there's a you're not like paying back a loan in this one that's constantly over your head. As far as I remember, there's no Tom Nook situation going. Yeah, yeah, because that was the way it was in like Reseteer is like uh, Reseteer and item shops tells the name of the game, and it's like you're paying back a loan against like the house, and it's just like doubling or something each week, and then there's an infinite mode where it's just like it continues to go up forever. <laughs> you're just oh god. <laughs> um, I didn't like that as much because it's it's very stressful. This was Moonlighter was a more chill experience, if not for the fact that the combat was very difficult early because you have crappy gear and lower stats and stuff like that. But I actually so, forgot about this entirely. It's hard to dredge back this memory. Yeah, I was looking at it. I was like, the name is familiar. And then I apparently put 14 hours in it last year, but. The flow of time is convoluted in my mind. For the next podcast, I'm just going to go on your Steam page, find mm. out what games you haven't played in like three years, and just like throw them on the list. Yeah. <laughs> Been checking out this recently? Uh, Honey Pop 2? familiar. Yeah. It's 1,000 hours. <laughs> How is he still not beating it? Oh, he's been beaten. Never mind. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> easy joke. Easy joke. Yeah. Is there anything else you've been playing that you've been... Nope. Hide the battle share? No? Just right off the segue. No. Um, State of Decay. A lot of that. It's the main one. Um, actually, either State of Decay or Last Epic. Those would be two things. I'll, I'll let Epoch. you pick one. Pick one? Okay. But if you say Epoch, it's going to be State of Decay. Okay, that's fair. Epoch would be the UK pronunciation. Um, hmm. Okay, if I have to pick one, probably go with State of Decay. So for the uninitiated, what is State of Decay? State of Decay 2 in particular is this one, although it's very similar to 1 in a lot of ways, is a like a zombie survival, not really that much crafting, but some mostly single player. This one does have co-op with tether mechanic. So like player two has to be within a rough, like... <laughs> big circle has to be nearby the quest giving npc well the the player in this case you have to stay near player one but otherwise you can basically do whatever but you're like you build a community um so you like have a base and there's just fixed locations where you can have a base so it's not like you're putting up walls and stuff like that but you do choose what facilities to build and like who to try to bring into the community and going out and salvaging scavenging and stuff like that and i like it it's like um it's kind of like a half and half action game and a um management game with you know probably more of an action bent particularly like early before you have a bunch of things to manage um but it's all like you have certain amounts of food, like you have this much food, you have this much construction materials, this much ammo, 
and you're uh, for different reasons, you know, um, using a lot of it for different purposes, or it's draining over time in the case of food based off how many people you have. And there's an incentive almost always to go out and find more stuff, load it into your car, come back, drop it, drop it at the base. Um, and then each survivor, you can switch between whoever's in your community whenever you want, basically, um, either at an outpost where you can drop resources or at the main base. And they all have their own skills. So like four skills, which are really common, just like fighting, wits, like running and all that stuff. And then a fifth skill, which can be a unique community skill. And when you max it, any of those skills out, you get to pick like a specialization that can do some cool stuff. So like um, one of the ones that you can't grab zombies from the front because that would be very strong. Um, but if you come from the side or behind, you can instantly kill a zombie. You'll just like take out your chef's knife or whatever and like stab him in the head, drag him to the ground and just finish him off. Um, but one of the specializations is just like, uh, now you can just execute zombies from the front. So like a zombie will be charging you and you're just like, no. And you just like grab them <laughs> mid charge, throw them to the ground and stomp on their head. And it feels really good after spending a lot of the time in the game, not having that ability at all, but that's only certain characters would have that as an option. So I assume most characters are not necessarily fighting specialized. It might be like, oh, food's constantly draining because we obviously have like 10 people at camp, Mm -hmm. but maybe I'll be able to cook food more efficiently or I can construct things for like a different tech tier. Like a nutritionist who does help like with kitchen activities and things like that. Um, Or if I need to ration food, uh, her skill set makes it so it has a lower like morale penalty, lower stamina penalty for the group. Um, got like a doctor. I've got like you can so, have like an auto mechanic, all that stuff. Does the nutritionist kind of limit them to like one can of beef roni per meal? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. They, that would they would never suggest to. That would be actually insane. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like most of them can be very competent at combat, like if you train them up. But their initial skills when you recruit them are pretty much randomized, so they could be like really awesome at certain things. Uh, or just like a blank slate and you can just play it out to see what their specializations can be. Cause the game gives you like two randomly for each of the skills. So you're like, all right, this person got sneaking awesome. And they got, uh, like say marathon. So they can run really far with no stamina penalty and they fatigue very slowly because the game doesn't want you to stay on one character forever. If you spend too long, it'll like, start putting Z's on their stamina bar and it gets smaller and smaller and you're like, Oh, <laughs> so they um, need to essentially not be the active unit. Exactly. You let them rest back at base and there's an infection kind of mechanic, a plague bar that'll build up if you're attacked by plague zombies and that can go down naturally if you put them in the infirmary. But if it maxes out the game's like timer start, and you have like a timer on that person before they become a zombie. Um, and you have to go back and get them cured at that point. Just having them rest in the infirmary is not enough. So diversify your, okay. your bonds. Yeah. As soon as you said, I'm like, so you take them with marathon, run them out to die in the woods. Oh, <laughs> yeah. they can be cured. Yes, let's do that instead. <laughs> and the game does like, um, and I'm a fan of the games. Like, obviously, we're a fan of Dark Souls. Um and this kind of constantly moving forward gameplay where like save scumming is not a thing. And the game does that. It saves like all the time. So if you took like your favorite character out and you're like, I bet I could take that horde of zombies. And then you couldn't like, whoops, sucks to suck. You're going to have to deal with that. Um, and I've suffered that. <laughs> and that like almost the entirety of my base got wiped out. Uh, I was there. Yeah. I watched you play that on you streaming on discord and just kind of like passively, but like mm-hmm. some zombies attacked your base. And by some, I mean a lot of zombies, like a whole yes. lot. And I think you had like 10 ish survivors there. Mm-hmm. There's probably like eight or so, but it was, it was almost a full community. Yeah. Every time I looked back to my other monitor, like another one was dead. Another one yeah. was dead. <laughs> There's a particular enemy. That's just like, it's basically like the tank for Left 4 Dead if you had like four times the health and you don't have any weapons that are as, as good normally as the ones in Left 4 Dead. 
Um, and it is a particular, it's called a juggernaut. Um, just a very large fat guy, basically, <laughs> but intimidating. And he has a grab move, which is just like pick a person up. And if they are uh, above, I think, like 10, 15 percent health, he'll slam them on the ground and then crush them with both of his fists for like a massive amount of damage. That also inflicts plague. Of course it does. Um, but if they're low on health, uh, he <laughs> it's it's called the accordion and he rips them in half. And they die because that's what happens when you get ripped in half. <laughs> and I just saw that happen to almost every single member of my community. And I was like, really wish I did have that quick save option. <laughs> the last person Jake ran away with just had no morale. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely hopeless. I mean, it sounds but- really brutal, but I like the, the concept of it. Mm-hmm. And from what I watched you play, I like the kind of third person scavenge explorer. Yeah. But also I like co-op survival in general. It's like, Hey, I'm going to do some stuff at base. Cool. I'm going to run out and go grab some stuff. So it's yeah, nice I think- to have the multiplayer mechanic though with the tether. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would be a little bit restrictive at times. It is. You basically are like, you're kind of a mercenary alongside whoever's in whoever's game you're playing. But if you're doing co-op, you also play as someone from your own community and their world, basically. You're visiting um, and trying to help them get supplies. So would they take the role of uh, an existing survivor? Um, Yes, and that like in single player, you can bring one other person with you. And in co-op, that person is a player. Okay. Character from another community. Um. But the game does give you rewards. It's like, hey, you helped out um, like this person. Here's like extra loot and stuff like that, whatever. And the next time you go back to your base, you'll have more of it. In particular, like um, you're talking about like single currency games like um, in Hellpoint or like Dark Souls. You have souls or you have whatever. Um, And this is a single currency game. Whenever you give items to like an ally or trader or something, you get influence. And anytime you buy from anywhere or use your abilities or whatever, your call downs, essentially, you spend influence. Um, And in multiplayer, you get heaps of it because the game's just like, thanks for helping out your friend. Thanks for helping out your friend. And anytime your friend does anything, it's like, thanks for being helped out. And like, you just 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 piles it on. I helped Dan for a bit and I came back and I was just rolling in money. But that's pretty, pretty nice incentive. It is, yeah. I feel like a lot of games, it's like, here, we'll give you a single sunlight medal. You're like, okay. I need <laughs> yeah. 39 more, but okay. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a good game. And it scratches like a very particular management slash action itch that I have. But I'm probably approaching near Capacity. the end of a save. Like, I, you can like wipe out plague hearts, which are just like infestation centers like throughout the map to like reduce the uh, zombie presence and it's kind of the one thing i haven't done otherwise my community's maxed out and most of their skills are like exactly what i want and i'm just like doing gene selection basically on my survivors was like well you are 80 percent perfect but this individual is you know like 95 percent perfect because um, you can only have 10 people so mm-hmm. eventually you're just like exile and the person's like i've been with you since the beginning of the game and i'm like exactly right so but you chew with your mouth open now get <laughs> no exactly right um but i don't know i like that kind of game it's very addictive yeah maybe maybe next time a phase like this comes around mm-hmm. i'll hop on that train because yeah. like i said i do miss the survival crafting but it came out like a while ago i would I would recommend if they make a state of decay three, the developers undead labs, they work for Xbox like, um, which means it can come out on PC and Xbox. Um, but there are some limitations in multi in co-op where it's like you're, if you're not doing this with your own single player game to like reap those rewards, it does feel kind of like it's holding you back. What I would love to see is a co-op where you're building the same community. It's just friends playing together. Yeah. Because that would be cool. Maybe three. 
Like, if Valheim was better. <laughs> <laughs> Valheim's pretty good, though. I just, I like, I like Your base building. <laughs> Note to self, record a Valheim episode. <laughs> like, that's what I really liked about Seven Days, is we had a base. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And whenever we have survival crafting, everyone finds their own shtick or niche. Like, Egan was very much, I'm never leaving the base. I will make the base better. Bring yes. your resources, you peons. And yeah. I'm somebody who likes to explore, so I'm like, cool. <laughs> I'm the peon. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, give me a tool, give me a direction. Me. And, <laughs> and I'll be covered in piss. <laughs> sure, Roddy. <laughs> but yeah, I, just, I miss that aspect, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also, yeah, like, that's, think... that's what I want for multiplayer games. For single exactly. player, give me something in the vein of Hellpoint, but mm. just give Hellpoint just give me like... Elden Ring at that point, you know? <laughs> Hellpoint? We're like, what the hell's the point of this game? <laughs> there you go. So you say Elden Elden Ring is when it when it comes out, it should be like a, a Hellpoint like game. <laughs> Elden Ring. <laughs> Elden Ring, the Dark Souls of Dark Souls. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my goodness. So good. Yeah. I agree. We're probably overdue for a um a mass multiplayer experience also. Maybe a little, maybe a little closer to Q4 holiday time before people like spend it with their families and stuff like that. Brainless things. I have like one aunt who apparently she wants to be like go over. I'm guessing like they're probably going to cook dinner mm-hmm. um, tomorrow, but I I saw them a little bit ago, so I'm good. <laughs> like outside of them i don't have people who i go see right what i'm saying is i'm always available for video games that's fair keep that in mind listener <laughs> if you're ever holding off on a suggestion like i don't think dave will have time to check it out mm, i do he does. i do he does he does absolutely even while we're recording <laughs> i'm actually just playing games you know uh-huh that's my yeah. life using the controller instead of the keyboard so the the taps don't come through i see i understand Oh yeah, I've uh, I put a silencer on my 360 controller. <laughs> <laughs> just like press the trigger button, just like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, are you following at all the release of Death's Door? No, I think I sent you a trailer. It comes out July 20th, but this is another Devolver Digital produced game. But it looks like an isometric. I don't want to say hack and slash. Did you send me a trailer for this? Probably at some point. Okay. It just looks very cute and stylized and just up my alley because sometimes I just like a good isometric hack and slash. Right. But I think you are a penguin who's a grim reaper. Okay. I'm saying with the intonation going up, hoping that you're looking up things to correct me. I mean, it's rated E for everyone is the first thing I saw. And I was like, Penguin Grim Reaper. I don't know if that matches. Actually, no, I, I do see this. I could see this. I uh, know there's blood. There's no way this is actually E for everyone. I saw a blood pile. It reminds me very much of like um, isometric action, Hades, something like that. Yeah, but less... As fast-paced or demanding as Hades, mm-hmm. but kind of close to Tunic when it eventually comes out five years from now. Yeah, but it's got like the nice cell shading. Oh, it just looks cute and fun, mm-hmm. but it has that that action puzzle aspect. And that's coming out the twentieth. Yeah, hmm. nice. So roughly, roughly two weeks. I mean, Devolver. I mean, they're a publisher, so there's a full range of things that they release, but um, they usually get something that's stylized and fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, and so anyways, Last Epic is basically um, it's a Diablo link. That's it. So kind of like Path of Exile. That's it. Action RPG. Yeah. Yeah, you could call it that. That'd be the genre. It's an early access, so just wait. Single player, so just wait. Does it have a release date? Full release date? 
I don't think that there is a scheduled release date yet, but it is good. I don't want to get into too much detail on it because we may end up talking about it if it mm-hmm. actually turns out to be better. But it's um, I did complete all of the story content for um, that that's currently released. With the main thing, the main downside being like some of the voices are absolutely atrocious. It's just like, how do we save money on voice actors? And it's like, get all of my immediate family, regardless <laughs> of any experience in voice acting, to do this. Apply one layer of audio effects and audacity or something. Call it a day. Do you want me to retake that? No, we don't have time. <laughs> no, it's not in the budget. <laughs> What's crazy is like, I've obviously never done any voice acting. Mm-hmm. I well, do discounts, I think. So. I guess so. <laughs> this isn't my real voice. <laughs> right. The, As we've established in a previous Dave episode. Is a, <laughs> Dave is a construct. <laughs> Dave was created, a persona created for this podcast. Uh, I, I like that idea. I just I just activate on Thursdays. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean like the uh the vertical sleeping position. Like more of a statue than a vampire, but right. I just kind of detach from the wall and then can like stumble over to the computer. What if I just didn't exist? Like anytime that like I interrupt you a little bit and I start talking about something, it's because you record twice. You record twice. The first time as yourself and then the second time as me with like a voice modulator and you just are like interrupting. It's just one person. Just like the craziest single person podcast idea ever created. That would be awesome. That'd be really cool. Because also, we'd be talking about this now, revealing mm-hmm. the possibility of it being a thing. Yeah. No Meanwhile, it's the whole, it is the actual thing. Yeah. But people think that because we were like j- making a joke about it, that it can't be real. It'd be too complicated. Right. There's no way they bring that up in like the 160th episode and it's just one guy. Exactly. Yeah. But they don't realize how much I edit this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was kind of a, a little masturbatory when you were like, all right, now I'm going to help edit the podcast. <laughs> Taking over for yourself, who has always edited the podcast. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You have to have an ongoing storyline. Otherwise, it's not believable. Yeah. The fact mm-hmm. that we mentioned that gummy thing twice. Yeah. It's not because I ran out of ideas. It just makes me seem more human. Right, exactly. Like there's actually two people who have opinions on gummies. Because the entity that does record this podcast, known as Jake and Dave, uh, never forgets anything, obviously. Obviously. And is slightly offensive. So (laughs) the entity does choose to mark every episode as explicit. (laughs) I also like how uh, the Dave persona always swears when he doesn't necessarily need to. And the Jake mm-hmm. persona has never sworn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's important mental. I, I almost missed it on a couple things. episodes. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. 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 But anyways, that's not the case, obviously. <laughs> um, what else do we have on the list? Let's find something else to talk about real quick. Uh, it's Doom Eternal. That's the <laughs> one I just I immediately looked at as well. Yeah. I wrote down a bunch of news. I'm going to not touch on most of it. Um, but uh, Doom Eternal, we I think we talked about this a little bit a while back, but they were planning on having like an invasion mode where you could like play through the campaign and somebody else is like, I'm a demon and try to kill you. Um, that's that got canceled. I, and hmm. I don't know why they would do that, even when they yeah. had that as a multiplayer mode for like, hey, demons can play against the, the Slayer. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. you have like multiple demons. Like I don't, I don't know who is going on to be like, oh, we're we're going into multiplayer tonight, boys. Like, right. like that was the thing that people were looking forward to. First, yeah. like I understand it would be fun to be a demon temporarily, but I don't know. Yeah, I played like one match of the multiplayer for Doom 2016, not Eternal. Oops. I think maybe one in Eternal. I don't know. Um, we talked about playing a multiplayer match in Eternal with a like Slayer versus Demons thing. And absolutely it didn't happen. And I don't really have any interest in it. I feel like it's probably confusing id because they're like, we made Quake, right? Like we made Quake back in the day and that was really big and people love our fast play shooters. Why does no one play the multiplayer for Doom? But it's just not the multiplayer shooter 
experience that I really want if I'm going for a multiplayer shooter. And it's exactly the single player shooter experience I want when I'm going for a single player shooter. Yeah, I, I feel like for arena shooters, it has to be balanced across the board. Like, obviously, if you have multiple demons versus the Slayer, the Slayer has buff stats, weapon options, mm-hmm. versus the demons are limited to probably two two attacks, tops, right. and probably less health. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, with Quake back in the day, it's like, I'm going to do side strafes, jumps, and try and rocket where they're going to land. Right. The skill was in the timing and like knowing the layout of the map mm-hmm. and the quick reflexes. So it feels weird to shift that balance. And I think it kind of existed in 2016 because it did have like Slayer versus Slayer basic, like just team versus team modes that were closer to the arena shooter. But I never, I don't think it ever really took off, you know, to the same degree. And that shouldn't be, I don't think that should surprise anyone. Quake Live was a thing. You could literally play Quake in a completely playable, like good format for free in a web browser. And that eventually just got canceled because there just wasn't enough interest in it. Um, so I mean, the arena shooter, I think is kind of gone. It really isn't the popular space anymore. Yeah. The last thing I heard was, I think a couple of years ago is they were adding BJ Blaskowitz mm-hmm. from God, I'm blanking. Begins with Wolf. Castlevania. Uh, (laughs) From from the Wolfenstein more recent games Mm -hmm. into some arena shooter. I think it was Quake. Yeah. But I don't Mm -hmm. remember what Quake it was. I didn't realize that Quake was even still around a couple years ago. I think think it might have been Quake Live because they were bringing in a bunch of their games. Yeah. Well, okay. So the last thing we talked about (laughs) actually is already dead. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's. I think arena shooters are just dead. They kind of they kind of seem like they're dead, um, which is fine. The alternative mode, rather than working on this invasion thing, is they're going to introduce a horde mode. So just presumably co-op wave defense, the standard the standard fare for shooters, I would say now to have some sort of horde mode. I mean, What's it's, your, is that better for you? Do you think? Yes. Left <laughs> for dead. Back for blood when it comes out in September, I think, mm-hmm. which Death's Door and Back for Blood are already in my library, so just wait for them to drop. Mm-hmm. It seems likely to me that this would be more likely to be a um, like COD Zombies style, just like defend oh, here okay. rather than like run through and accomplish an objective. Because usually Horde mode is like defend against waves of X, where X could be zombies or aliens or whatever. I still think it would be fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much COD Zombies you played back in the day. Not much. Okay. I played a lot of cons obvious back in the day. Like I found a group of friends who had an Xbox and like we'd hang out, drink and we'd play that game for hours. Right. And for however the game was presented, um, you found little things to like, Oh, we can repair things here to get more money to buy this item. Like we developed a system to like do efficient runs and it was just fun to do every time, even though it's pretty much the same every time. Right. But like a lot of time sank into that. But I don't know if it would still hold up for at least me now, mm-hmm. that type of game. Yeah. I would still do some with people, but I wouldn't go out of my way to be like, I would get a new game that's just this. But if they added yeah. like a, hey, or DLC, yeah, I'd hit you up and we could try it out. Yeah, it probably, I can't imagine it would be anything other than DLC. Um, and I'm curious how they would implement it, like what the progression would look like because zombies had like oh save up currency get currency from kills buy weapons do whatever and they could definitely do that in doom but i would like to say things like the runes obviously to like modify your build um well they would they have to get rid of the kill animations the death blows i feel like they have they absolutely have to keep it in because it's part of the the core of new doom was pacing the combat around the executions but i mean iframes that would be I mean, my only concern. Is yeah, they are good, but there were there was times in New Doom where the iframes weren't enough to protect you. If it's like there's a group of enemies and there's like, um, I want to say Capra demons. No, that's that's Dark Souls. Uh, but the floating eyes, Cap. It's not Cappy either. 
anyways caco demon caco demon yeah thank you um and they're just like hey we're just gonna like eat you when you're done with this kill animation you might not want to jump in the middle of that um so they they could play around with that i think a little bit or maybe have like um maybe a cooldown on the kill animation or something like that so you could occasionally use it to get like a bit of health back but not just chain every single kill forever in this multiplayer game. So it's just two doom slayers working their way around a circle and killing every demon. Um, as hilarious as that would be. I just like the uh, idea of having two doom slayers fucking shit up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's something about For like sure. the, the overly beefy armor of the doom slayer. Mm-hmm. Like that boy has some thick neck. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Or, or like, there are so many uh, alternate armors in Eternal. It's like one of them was like the Commander Keen uh, one or like the classic armor. What? How did I miss the Commander Keen armor? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's a thing, Doom Eternal Commander Keen. You should just link me that on Discord so I can have a vocal reaction. Everything peachy. Oh, here it is. Yep. It is good. I apologize to the listeners who are waiting as I send Dave a message, but <laughs> okay, that is pretty good. <laughs> For anybody who does not remember, Commander Keen was a very old id game. It was a side-scrolling platformer, but he had like a little yellow football helmet and a mm-hmm. purple shirt and like a little dorky blaster and sneakers. Um, but imagine that just kind of like slapped on top of the Doom guy instead of his armor. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's pretty hilarious i did like the completely irreverent take i mean we already talked about eternal this isn't the eternal episode at <laughs> the the one hour moment in the podcast um but i did like how they just didn't care they're like protect our ip nah not really like just throw a bunch of like random nonsense skins and references and crap in it and it all just kind of was hilarious um because none of it mattered, and people knew it didn't matter. I love that. Yeah, it's there's a good distinction between certain games where they can like laugh at their own stuff versus like a bastardization of the IP. Mm-hmm. So like, I like the idea of this here, but for the new near game that they're making on like mobile, I think that's some dumb shit. Yes, yeah, and I mean, I think that game's actually. I don't know a whole bunch about it, but I think that's actually out in other countries. It's just coming to the to the US. I'm sending you another skin. This one's from a mod. This is not official. If that doesn't Jake, that's obvious. inappropriate. Actually, <laughs> okay, I was actually right. It wasn't appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> the, the T-shirt says MILF Hunter. <laughs> right, that's not in the game. Normally. Which which at first I read as MILF Uniter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, great it's pretty great this is why we play games you know so for the mods if you guys oh what is that i was just saying it's, it's for the mods mainly oh it is for the mods mods do make a lot of things better i actually had a note here i was gonna end but uh <laughs> i have a note mass effect 2 butt returned i feel like i gotta clarify that yeah I- um there was one of the uh, one of the things was Bioware was like, well, so while Miranda in Mass Effect 2 is talking about like her difficult relationship with her father and like how she's had all this pressure on her throughout her life. She's been objectified. Let's have the camera focus on her butt. Like not subtly, just like the camera guy is just right down there. Yeah. Right. Like you can see Shepard in the background out of focus because of the butt pretend p- potentially. Um, and then they came back and they were like, when we make this legendary edition of all the games, should we not actually do that? Because that it was weird when we did it and it's more weird now. And they're like, okay, yeah, let's take it out. Game comes out. Modders are like, slap that back in immediately. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's a mod out there to get the, the butt angles back into the game. Uh, of course. I, I love that it's a thing more than I love the thing itself, you know? Mm-hmm. I was watching a, a, a skill up summary video and he was like, this mod doesn't go far enough. I want to see a mod where it changes every cutscene in the game to always be focused on someone's butt. That's just the game. <laughs> and I thought that was a great touch. 
villains like revealing his grand plan and why he doesn't value humans in their society and meanwhile it's just all ass <laughs> oh yeah that's that's a pretty good time but that's that's the reason we play games it's for the ass um, yeah mm-hmm. um, but if you guys have any other reasons you play games obviously not as good but perhaps uh still worthy or worth mentioning you could send those in to soapstonepodcast at gmail.com or you can join the discussion of this, I guess, on Facebook at facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast. And as always, we'll see you in the next one at a low angle. Let me see that angle.